hello everyone. Thanks for joining us today for our next our next our next episode of Mixed Message. Our next episode of Maxed Messages with <laughs> Joe Beg. <laughs> My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Not only do you get the intro that was totally botched, but you get the crisp, cool sound of our voices as we speak into new <laughs> microphones. And if you're watching, this setup is glorious. glorious. I'm pretty sure that my lower half won't be numb after the episode today, so that's fantastic. <laughs> it was painful. We suffered. We did. Messages. All right. Now, Joe. Yes. Try again. Oh, try, try again? again? Okay. Well, hello, Joe. everyone, and it. thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with nice. Jeff Bogue. Well done. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems that everyone has an idea of how we should think, live, and make decisions. And when everyone disagrees, how do we cut through the noise? How do we sift through all the information overload and choose what governs our lives? As we pray and process these things, we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Jeff, let me tell you about people that have ideas on how we should think. So <laughs> as I'm driving over here today, um, if you're familiar with this area, if you're in the Akron, greater Akron area, we come around the bend from Cleveland Maslin and take the in, like little uh, on-ramp right turn, if you will, onto Gent Road. Yeah. Okay. It's by the new building and everything. Do it all the time, Do Joe. it all the time. Well... It's a lane. It's not a merge lane. It's That's not a right. yield lane. You and don't I'm have just, to slow down. No, so I'm just turning around and going. Well, as I'm going up the lane, this car that's coming up Gent slash Cleveland Maslin is like kind of doing this back and forth. And I'm like, oh, like, I wonder what they're doing. Could they, I just not deciding. So I'm like, you know what? Just in case, I'll slow down. And sure enough, they speed up and get in front of me and they want to turn right onto the highway. No big deal. Until their driver's side window comes down and they f- tell me I'm number one. And I'm like... I don't know what I did besides just Nothing. drive. I think that's very mean of Bob Ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually Jasmine on our way over here. She was trying to get ahead of me. Jasmine? Yeah. I can't mean, believe it, it. Now you're recording us? Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, I'm like, I literally am pretty confident I didn't do a thing wrong, and I'm still being told how I should think, live, and make decisions. Feel uh, better? I do a little bit. Do you yeah. feel a little better? This therapy session See, was we great. stumbled out the gate, but look at you now, emoting. Oh, and this feels so good. Get it off your chest. Yep, yep. By the way, I told him he was number one, too. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I did not. All right, Jeff, well, we have a submitted question today, uh, and it was, it's a short and sweet question. I love it, and boy, oh, boy, does our culture have a hard time getting out of this one. How do we get out of our own echo chambers? Mm. Man, like I said, short question. Here we go. Yeah. It's a great question because I tell you, it's been interesting. Like I, <clears throat> I um, in all my uh, years of ministry now, I, for, for many, many years, I used to say uh, people don't come to church to find God. They come to church because they have problems. Mm. And now what I say is people don't come to church to find God. They come to church to be agreed with. Mm, yep. And I would extend that, and I would say that is why you listen to the podcast you listen to. It's why you watch the news you know, elements that you watch. Um, it's often why you have a f- the friends that you have. Sure. Why you follow the feeds on social media that you follow. Like literally, if your social media will tell you what your echo chamber is. Like they'll mm-hmm. feed it, you know, so... It, it's a it's a thing right now where somehow our culture that claims to be and demands to be like open minded 
is becoming more closed-minded. Mm. Interesting. Because all we do is we feed our own opinions and reinforce our own opinions again and again and again. And there's a side of that that's like unhealthy for the culture. There's a side of that that's unhealthy for like an individual. And then there's a really important side of that that's unhealthy for your relationship with God. Hmm. Uh, because you will you will only believe the things about God that you believe God agrees with you about. Oh, yeah. And the wow. things that you do not believe or the things you push off, you're basically looking and saying, well, God doesn't agree with me, therefore. And we, we cease to be critical thinkers. We cease to be curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cease to be genuinely open-minded. Sometimes I think that's because we're insecure in our own beliefs and so instead of forming our own beliefs and our own convictions and our own thought patterns, what we do is we look to, to um, be informed and then we parrot that information back and mm. forth to each other. So I think that's part of it. Sometimes I think it's because we're lazy, like it takes mm. some work. And, um, and sometimes I think it's because we've turned news and thought and biblical teaching into entertainment. So if it causes us to be uncomfortable or it presses against our preconceived ideas, it's not accomplishing the... Like, I came to church to find peace or to find joy, and now you're making me uncomfortable and you're disrupting my thought process. That's not why I came here. Right. I don't want to hear that. So we get into all of those kinds of rhythms, and that's, that's how we get into those echo chambers, that's usually, or maybe I shouldn't say that, that is sometimes why we get so rigid in our mm-hmm. viewpoints. And I think when that happens, we often actually lose a, a clarity about the gospel in the process. That, that unfortunately makes so much sense. And as you were talking about that, it's amazing how, even in my own echo chambers, because it's really hard, I think, especially digitally to escape this, because that's kind of how the algorithms work. Oh, you like these things, you want to hear more of it. Um, but we can we can tend to think of ourselves as thinkers. Like, look, I'm reading about this topic. Look, I know about this topic. I understand the issue because I've read up, and then what we usually won't necessarily admit to is I've read up on my side of this topic. Yeah. And then we think of ourselves as thinkers. But when you said parroting, what we're really doing is we're memorizing other people's agreements with us. That's not thinking. Right. That's just building more and more of a case. Yeah. And so we're not trying to figure out how to understand one another. We're just simply saying like, oh, what more information is out there that can make me feel good about what I think about? You ever seen those clips like on social media where they'll sync up the local news channels. Oh, they're and, and they're all saying the exact same exact thing. Exact same thing. Well, yeah. usually that's a conservative knocking a what they would say is a liberal. You can do the same thing the other side. Absolutely, yeah. And churches that copy each other, Christ followers that copy each other. Uh, somebody asked me recently there well, actually there was an article, I guess is what it was. I read an article recently about a church that watched a sermon generated by AI. Oh, wow. And the people were there, they watched it, and it's funny, I I was playing around with artificial intelligence the other day, I was trying to find a different word for something, so I I was like, how else would you describe this? And 
So I just started playing around with it, and I said, um, write me a sermon about grace and truth. And so it did. It wrote me a sermon in like 30 seconds about grace and truth. And and I was talking to my kids about that uh, just for fun, and they were like, yeah, it's amazing, like this and that and the other thing. And I said, be careful with it. And and they were like, why? They said, why, Dad? Because it's like plagiarism. I said, no, it's not really plagiarism. That's right. that's not AI is interesting. It's not really that. I said, be careful with it because what you're doing when if AI were to write your sermons, um, what you're doing is you're removing the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And because they they were like, because because you don't have people involved. And I, and I I said, what's the problem with it? They were like plagiarism. I said, no. They're like, because you don't have people involved? I was like, no. And I'm like, because you remove the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is now not interacting with the human being to come to a spirit-led conclusion or insight. Mm-hmm. A computer is kicking you out information that you're now parrot- parroting. Mm-hmm. And what I would say with everybody, we do that politically. Yeah, We do that with social issues. The, the problem with homelessness is, the problem with racial injustice is, we do that with parenting. Mm-hmm. The way to raise a child is, <laughs> uh, we do that with our financing, finances. The, the, this guy says the way that you should do your finances, and it's very lazy. Yeah. It, it's, it's different versions of artificial intelligence, and it's artificial intelligence because it's not your intelligence, and you're not wrestling with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So that's what legalism is. Legalism is parroting. Yep. Here's the five rules. Well, you're not wrestling with those rules. You're not thinking about them. You're not coming to conviction. You you picked a box and you're living in it that the Holy Spirit's not involved. It's actually the exact same thing with liberalism. Mm-hmm. So liberalism is we accept everything and God loves everybody and that's the way he is. I'm like, that's parroting because none of that's true. Mm. And you're not actually, instead of wrestling, one legalism is instead of wrestling with something, I just give an answer and hold the answer. Liberalism is instead of wrestling with something, I just say there's no answers. Yeah. It's both wildly lazy. Yep. Our, our faith in Jesus is spirit-led, spirit-driven, which means it takes work. And I wrestle with it. And when I am in an echo chamber, I, all I have done is I've taken myself to a safe place where everybody agrees, everybody affirms, uh, everybody cheers for me, everybody cheers against the other guy. Right. And therefore, if you're a Republican, you vote, you think this way. If you're a Democrat, you vote this way. If you're a man, you do this. If you're a woman, you do this. If you're homosexual, you do this. If you're heterosexual, you do this. And I'm like, that's the laziest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But it's the way that our culture tends to work right now. There's a lot of instances where we get into these echo chambers or we sit in these polarized separate sides on things. And we um, refuse to engage the conversation that's actually in the middle, like you're saying. So you mentioned homelessness as an example. I was just having a conversation with one of my friends not that long ago, and they were referring to a a homeless person they see regularly on their commute to work. And they had kind of parroted off something like, "I just just go get a job. Like, instead of laying there, instead of holding up your sign, like, just go get a job. Well, it was fascinating because I actually have met that person before, um, 
And so I kind of walked them through. I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, it kind of sounds like that would be step number one. But I said, this particular person, you know, right or wrong or indifferent, they have a felony. They have um, some pretty severe mental illness issues. Um, and currently, they're addicted to drugs. So step one, go get a job. Wh- who's going to hire them? Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not that there's not a solution. It's not that there's not a conversation to be had. It's just to, to quickly say, like, well, all they got to do is get a job. Obviously, they're being lazy. It's like, well, with that laundry list, whether self-induced or not, who's going to hire him? Yeah. And so we'll just... And then just what? Just fix any of those three things? Just fix your mental illness? Just stop being addicted to drugs? Just get rid of your felony? Like, there is no easy solution. And so if we're just going to sit in our echo chamber that you know what's wrong with the chronically homeless is they just don't want to work. That's It's not that simple. It's not that simple. And, and then the other side of that is you know what's wrong with the chronically homeless is they're all victims. Like, right. No, not. Some of them should just get a job. Right. That the, so the, the reason why I think we we tend to drift toward those echo chambers is they're easy. Mm-hmm. And they're easy because they don't require relationships. And that's what you're saying. Yep. Like when you are in a relationship with that person, the solution to their problem probably isn't stand on the corner for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. But it's not also it's also not well. There's jobs everywhere around here. Mm-hmm. It, it takes a relationship. It takes discipleship. It takes a, and and what I what I find is this like, I find when we're wrestling with like cultural issues as an example, it it kind of drives me nuts a little bit to be honest with you. But mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll wrestle with these issues and one side of the issue one one of the echo chambers is. <clears throat> um, People should get over it, knock it off. It's not the way I was raised. That's mm-hmm. one side. The other side of it is, well, that can't happen because um, they have mental illness. Well, what if we got them help with that? Well, you have to think about what help is. Well, I mean like counseling. Well, you have to think about what counseling is. You have to think. And they'll, they'll always ask a question, bring another problem so that there is no solution. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... That's an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. It, it's a it's a way to discount everything that everybody else thinks. This mm-hmm. person does it with endless unanswerable questions. This person does it with a harsh reaction. And when I when I look at like discipleship, discipleship is this is where you are. This is where you need to go. Let me help you get there. Yeah. And, and that's where it becomes, what's your policy on divorce at Grace Church? I'm like, I don't have one because I have no idea what your story is. What's your mm-hmm. policy on uh, homosexuals? I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what you mean when mm-hmm. you say homosexual. There, there's, that term ha- is, set, is so broadly defined by the individual. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean? And we don't... Being outside of your echo chamber takes work. Yeah. It takes relationship. It takes open-mindedness. It takes wrestling with the Scripture. Mm-hmm. It takes the courage to disappoint the other people in your echo chamber. Right. And let me tell you something. That's not fun. No. And it's, it's, not, it's not a blast, 
to have people who have decided that mm-hmm. what they think is the only way to think uh, be mad at you. And let me tell you that that is not uh, that is not conservative and that is not liberal. That is not Christian. That is not unchristian. Because what we tend to want the most right now is we want to be agreed with. And the gospel of Jesus, by its very nature, is disagreeable with you. Sure, yep. The gospel is not affirming of you. The gospel is saying, this is what's wrong with you, and this is what's right with Christ, and a loving God will walk you toward being more and more like him. I I feel like so much... (laughs) The passage that's coming to mind as you talk about this is Matthew 7, 13 and 14, where Jesus says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad. The gate is wide for many who choose that way. And I'll pause there for a second. Like, it's so easy. We're all so naturally prone to this echo chamber way of thinking. And it's amazing how in so many of those conversations, nothing moves. Right. It just gets stuck. It's headed toward destruction. This isn't getting better. That relationship, that marriage, that political issue, they're not moving. It's being destroyed. And then Jesus says, but the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult. Like you're saying, these conversations aren't easy. If you want to make movement, then you have to do the hard thing of actually meeting where it's at. Only a few will ever find it. Jesus is saying, this isn't natural. This isn't normal, but the pathway I want to lead you on is actually going to lead towards something that's helpful. And when you're talking about how people can get stuck and they don't want to move, it's like, that's what I love about that metaphor. She's like, no, it's a pathway. Yeah. Come take a step toward me. Let's start moving in this direction. And it might be long and it might be arduous and it might be very, very relationally difficult, but I'm going to lead you to life. Yep. I, I think when you, the, you know, the original question was, like, how do you get out of it? So I would say things like this. Um, befriend people in groups that you oppose. Hmm. Uh, and you don't have to join the group. Just make a friend. Sure. Uh, here's the second thing. Ask people who disagree with you questions. I've often said that one of the greatest ways to um, earn the right to share your faith with somebody is to let them share their faith with you. Yeah. So I want to know that. Um, go out of your way to be friends with some, somebody who doesn't have your skin color mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. ask them, what's it like? What's it like to be an African-American? What's it like to be a white man? Uh, go out of your way to befriend somebody who is not your gender. What's it, what, as a woman in the workplace, as a woman in the church, what's your experience like? As a man in the church, what's your experience like? Be curious yep. about things. And, and when you're in a conversation, remember, you don't have to win it. It's mm-hmm. not a, a conversation is not a competition. Correct. So I, if I'm... If I'm afraid that a conversation is going to pollute my mind and alter my walk with Jesus, my mind and my walk with Jesus is in a very insecure place. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right? And so I'm, I'm just like, I, I should be able to read theology that does not agree with you. Um, ask a younger person how they think and how they view something. Mm-hmm. Find a Democrat or a Republican and be friends with the other side of the aisle. Mm-hmm. 
And then here's the number one way. Ready? Everybody taking notes. Stop your car. Pull over right now. Stop running. It's not fun anyway. It's not, Who wants to run? <laughs> Nobody wants to do what you're doing. Right? Here it is. Ready? Number one. Read the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> so I go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Tell yourself, I'm going to read those five, th- those four books five times this year. And, and what you're going to find, Jesus is not, there are parts of Jesus that are mysterious. He does not give an absolute answer for everything. Mm-hmm. Read the epistles, read the Apostle Paul and Timothy and Peter, the, the New Testament, basically. And what you're going to find is that there, there, are, there are reasons that people of different denominations and theological persuasions think what they think. It doesn't mean that you have to think it. But what I found is this. If, if you look and say one camp is generally far to the left and one is far to the right, when you wind up talking about Jesus spiritually, you wind up very close together even though you disagree. So I disagree as an example with my friends who are charismatic pastors. I disagree with them. We agree on a lot, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot. We agree on even like the working of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot. And then we disagree. But sometimes they challenge me and improve my view of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes I challenge them and I uh, improve their view. And because I have a, we, well, he's a mutual friend of ours, Bishop Joey Johnson. Mm-hmm. He, he likes to say, you can only do theology with friends. <laughs> right. And like Joey's a great example. I disagree with him a lot. Mm-hmm. And he's a, he's a friend, and he challenges me. And I think vice versa, too. And I'm like, ah, now I have to go think about that. Right. Because he made a point that I would have never discovered on my own. Do that with read, – read websites that you wouldn't normally read. Mm-hmm. Listen to podcast. Listen to the ones you like. Sure. And then listen to one you don't like, that mm-hmm. it like makes you tense. Yep. Uh, news outlets, all of it. And what, what you're going to find as a Christ follower, what the Democrats, as an example, are saying about homelessness mm-hmm. is not right. And what the Republicans are saying about homelessness is not right. Mm-hmm. And what Jesus says about it is kind of tied to both of them. Yep. So Jesus is going to say, the poor are with you always. You can't win a war on poverty. It's, it's unnatural. The poor are with you always. He's going to say, care for them, give them, uh, bless them, help them. And then the Bible is also going to say, if a man will not work, he should not eat. Mm-hmm. There's no room for laziness, right? You then, as a Christ follower, live with those two viewpoints or those two ideas in tension, and then you go to the homeless guy you were talking about, and you figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Is he disabled and needs to be cared for? Is he disadvantaged and needs to be advocated for, or he's just lazy mm-hmm. and needs to kind of go hungry, mm-hmm. and it will motivate him to work. 
you're never going to find Jesus in one of those camps, but you're going to find parts of those camps in each side of Jesus. Yep. And the Christian who is a thinker, the echo chamber we live in is the echo chamber of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's the only one we lock ourselves into. And it's we usually don't know the Bible well enough, and then we're usually thinking of uh, issues in our world from our personal opinions or from the cultures that we were raised in that we're either embracing or rebelling against. Yep. Jeff, I love that advice so much to just stretch how we listen and stretch how we engage those things. I'd probably add a flavor because in particular when you said, you know, watch the other news channel. I have X amount of people in my brain that um, if they flipped on that channel, they might die of a heart attack. You know, just the, the, the rage that they would probably start to feel instantaneously. It's like approach those other sources with the mindset of understanding, with the mindset of relationship building, even if it is a news source. Why, why would they say that perspective is so important from the what, – what are they trying to get at? Or especially then if it's another person you're talking with, like you're not, you're not getting the token female friend, the token different skin-colored friend, the token – it's like, no, like – you're trying to build a relationship. And so right. if you're like, hey, do you want to sit down for coffee? And they're like, actually, I'm not sure I have any time. And you're like, see, I knew this wouldn't work. It's like, no, that's kind of how relationships work. Sometimes you just got to like work fight em. through them a little bit and work them and figure it out. 75% of white people. Mm-hmm. This stat is awesome and terrible at the same time. <laughs> 75% of white people do not have a meaningful relationship with a person of color. Uh, yep. Now, is there any way as a white man that I can truly understand social justice, racial issues? I don't even have a friend. Mm-hmm. So every assumption I am making, I'm making from a distance and from an echo chamber, yep. whether it's a liberal one or a conservative one. Yep. And what I would say is make a friend. Mm-hmm. Make a friend that is a Christ follower, and then from the from the point of the gospel, talk about racial issues. Yep. And we could go on and on and on. Do, do you know a gay person? Mm-hmm. Make a friend. I, I, now, I know this is silly, but I did this 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. When, when all of this was coming to the forefront, gay marriage, I was like, I had opinions, and I was like, I'm not even friends with one gay person that I know of. Mm. So I knew a guy... <clears throat> um, from, he used to go to my youth group. He was a hairdresser. I just went and had him start cutting my hair. And I'm like, I just need to make a friend. I need to have a perspective. I, I, this is so depersonalized to me. Mm-hmm. I, he wasn't my best friend. Sure. He didn't persuade me to his view on the scriptures. Sure. But he changed mm-hmm. the way that I viewed the world around me. So it, it's... It's things like this, guys, and, and um, Jesus did not live in these echo chambers. Mm-hmm. He, he would talk to Nicodemus, who was a person of power. He would talk to—the Apostle Paul would talk to Lydia, who was a businesswoman of wealth. Mm-hmm. And then Paul was in prison and was with friends. Jesus hung out with prostitutes and tax collectors. Like His—the echo chamber was him. He didn't echo anybody. Mm-hmm. He, he spoke truth. 
as his ambassadors, we echo Christ, right? right? Yep. If uh, if God loved the world enough to send his son, can we love the world enough to have a conversation? <laughs> and and I tell you the the biggest <clears throat> the biggest resistance that I tend to hear about this stuff is um, it's, it makes me tense or it makes me uncomfortable. And I just say this: I mean this in love. If you can watch The Office or you can watch Parks and Rec, you can go make a friend. You put yourself in horribly uncomfortable situations in the name of entertainment all the time. Mm -hmm. That is basically every episode of The Office that was ever made. So good. Scott's Tots. Yeah. The best and worst one right there. So just don't – you try new food. You Mm -hmm. Like don't do that to yourself. This this is an intentional effort. Um, I don't think it has to be the dominant thing that you do in your life. But I don't think it should be an absent thing from your life. Yeah. I think the dominant thing should be the message and the story and the Word of God. Yeah, that's um, so, so key. And to have the security of knowing that you're resting on Him for your foundation is what gives you the freedom to go have those conversations. It's so good. Well, I hope this is helpful to our listener, especially the one that submitted this question. If you would like to submit questions for this podcast, you can always do so at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. And if we can help you take any unique next steps or maybe even connect you to some things like we talked about today, please feel free to reach out to us. Let us know and we'd love to help. If you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more of it, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. And if you're looking for a community of people that are running after Jesus and hopefully running down that narrow way that he talks about, you can always join us in person here at Grace or check us out online. Thanks so much for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. See you next time.